G'day, it's your boy Dossie here. Welcome to another episode of the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast, aka the Pod Pod for 2022, the very first episode. Now, if you haven't heard already through the grapevine, there'll be a bit of a change up this year. I've joined the Keeper League podcast as a regular co-host alongside Hef and Kays for throughout the season. Now, if you love Keeper Leagues or if you just love your fantasy footy content, jump over and give them a listen. Well, give us a listen now if you don't already. Uh, Good news as well, though. I'll also be continuing to host a new look pod pod in 2022. Due to work commitments, our good friend Louis will be unable to join us on a weekly basis. Louis promised to jump on a show or two, but you can still hear him hear the Mighty Lou Dog on the coaches panel as a regular contributor this year. Taking Louis' co-hosting chair this season will be a beloved fantasy fossil, my old draft doctor's buddy who just happens to be a gun AFL fantasy classic coach. Just don't tell him I said that. Joining me this year will be five-time top 100 AFL fantasy classic finisher and third-placed finisher in 2018. That's right. It's the Statesman. In this very first episode of 2022, we'll be going through Stato's top five tips and I'll reveal a point of difference or two. Let's get into the Pod Pod. G'day, Stato. Thanks for joining me and bloody keen to do another show with you, mate. Um, always a pleasure working with you. And always a pleasure working with you, Dossie Boy. Um, I do apologise to the listeners. Uh, got a little uh, issue with a fire alarm, which I couldn't turn off. Started about five minutes before we were recording. So when you hear that little beep, uh, that's just a little test system to ensure that I'm safe and sound. Mate, it's just because you're spitting hot fire on this episode. That's why we've got the fire alarm going in the background. All Stato's going to be <laughs> shooting some hot fire because we are going to be going through Statesman's, the Statesman's top five tips for AFL Fantasy Classic coaches. And Stato, I think you like to frame them as rules yourself because uh, these are the rules that you stick by throughout your illustrious fantasy career. Yes, uh, I will say I wish I stuck by them 100% of the time because this is part of learning. So uh, I've been involved with fantasy for a long, 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 long time and it took me a while to start getting success. But once I started going pretty well, I'd learnt the lessons from all the failings. Uh, I put these rules together and ever since then, I've generally had pretty good success. Uh, Stato, I want to ask you a very important question uh, before we get underway with these rules as well. Have you seen the plethora of training photos that came out today and how excited do you get? Do you see some pipes out there that were um, quite extraordinary that were getting your attention? No, not really, mate. I'm not into that scene. Besides the poster of uh, Isaac Heaney behind me, uh, no, no, not at all. I've only got eyes for one man. Oh, oh, okay. Good, good, good one. I've been, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's certainly some uh, keen AFL fantasy coaches out there checking out all these training photos that are flurrying out on the socials. And um, God bless definitely, you. definitely got my eye on a few just to just to monitor their progress this preseason. But Stato, I'm really interested in these top five tips or let's go through the statesman's rules, starting with number one. And I've got a feeling I know what this one's going to be. You are spot on because there can be nothing but, uh, number one, can be nothing but rule fucking number one. Rule fucking one. 
It is. It's always there. You've heard it before if you've ever listened to me. I'm big on this. You've heard it, heard me say it. It's green dots are so important. In fact, and this is the thing we need to remember, we're going into a season where we're told as a community to get ready, ready to live with COVID. So this becomes even more important now as we can expect late changes to teams and sometimes maybe even groups of players being pulled out of squads to isolate um, because they've been close contact or whether they've got COVID themselves. And we've seen this already in the BBL. Melbourne Stars at one point, a squad of 18 I think they have in total, 13 of their players were actually isolating. The more red dots you have, the more likelihood you are going to end up with donuts. And when we're talking, when we're talking COVID, that could be many donuts on any given week. So the more green dots you have, the less chance you are of getting a donut. And Dossie, this is the important bit for you. It's really important who the green dots are. It's just not willy-nilly anyone off the list oh, they've got a green dot, I'll pick them. Make sure you do your research. Try and get the ones that are likely to stay green in three weeks' time, not only this round. Got it. So Thompson Dow this year, um, Stato is the answer yeah, of gun, the green dot. Yeah, gun, gun, <laughs> Yeah, you're on board too, aren't you? Yeah, I'm bored, Thompson. I'm not Paddy Thompson. Get around him. All right, so 30 green dots is the rule fucking one. So, with that, just quickly on the on the COVID side of things. Yeah. Are you getting – do you think you'll get tricky with any avoiding players, you know, stacking too many players from one team or are you just not going to bother, like not even pay attention to that and just, you know, see how it plays out or – do you know what I mean? Are you going to spread your premiums across teams, that sort of thing? Is it – is it worth thinking about this? It seems like it is worth thinking about this. Oh, absolutely it is. And, and I'll explain in one of my five rules part of the reason why I do that. But I think COVID actually gives us more reason to ensure that we're diversifying our team, to ensure that we're spreading ourselves around the 18 clubs. Um, the, the reality is um, it's just keeping your, your ear to the ground and make sure you're listening. So if you've got three Bulldogs and you start seeing Bulldogs players being left, right and centre, then maybe be creative. Maybe use one of your, your what I would call uh, your extra trades to try and manage that situation and minimise your risk. But the reality is it, it's such a unknown with everything that's happening. I wouldn't react until you actually know. Rule two, Stato. Be really careful. What have we got at rule two? Yeah, rule two is all about structure, and it's about getting the balance right. So there's no point having eight premium mids to start with, and mid prices and rookies on every other line. Although your mids might be scoring well, we know how quickly our mid prices and our rookies can fail, and sometimes be non-selected. So you will miss out on the chance of generating enough cash to complete your team. So get your balance right. I try to go 3-5-1-3, giving me 12 premiums to start the season with, with the expectation that as long as they don't get a long-term injury, that I'm retaining those players for the season. So that's why I buy. They can still be 
a value premium, but I'm expecting them to start and end the year in my team. That's three defenders, five midfielders, one ruck, and three forwards. Three, five, one, three. So math's correct there, Stato. That's 12 premiums you're going with. And Oh, yeah. And that's... So that has, has that been pretty much how you've rolled with, you know, in the years where you've succeeded? It's been that sort of structure. And when you say premiums, do you mean the top, top end premiums or is that sort of those, I guess, underpriced? Kind of, you know, what, what's the price bracket we're talking about here? Or is it varied? It's very much varied. So I'm very lucky um, I'm involved in a draft show with a, with a draft doctor. So what we do is rankings. So we do a lot of research and rankings, trends, finding out who's changing roles, etc. So a George Hewitt that's coming from a defensive role that may be leaning into a midfield role, and that affects the rankings so where you expect them to be. So when I'm deciding the five midfielders, I'm trying to get five out of the what I believe to be the top 12 midfielders. Now, there's always variants, so we work on a thing called tiers. There's a tier one, tier two, tier three. I'm trying to pick players out of tier one and tier two and not going on the speculative picks. I'll let other people go speculative. If I've missed out on someone that's really burning out, I can correct that and fix that quickly because I can see it happening. But nine times out of ten, your actual big risky option does not pay off so why do that play the straight back get it right and i remember you and i because just for the listeners what dossie does he sends me a copy of his team (laughs) four times a week at least uh, with 15 different changes and one of the things i ask for you how many of these guys you're keeping dossie um it's usually below one (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and that's my <laughs> no, point. Yeah, you've got to you've got to have those numbers, and I think I think I have learned that lesson finally, Stato. I think I'm finally getting there, and this year will be the year. I mean, the Hilux, there's room in the garage already. Don't you worry about that. Right, good. So, um, I am going to follow these rules, Stato. Don't, I'm I'm writing them down as we speak, uh, so I will be following that rule. But what's number three? So we've got thirty green dots, and we've got a balanced squad. What if we got to add rule? Rule three, and there's no there's no swearing with rule three, though, is there? No, no swearing at all. It's the eight 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 rule, or what I call the crazy eight. And I've actually um, never heard of this rule before. This is this is breaking news on the podcast. This pod. is how we use our traits. So we've got forty seven trades in classic. So we need to be smart. So we've got to remember our aim is to have the best twenty two players on the field. So remember we've got our structure right, we've balanced throughout, uh, we've got twelve premiums starting with, hopefully they all play twenty two games, we're all sweet. So we've got ten positions to fill. But to fill those ten positions, we've got to make a shitload of cash. So uh, we've got 47 trades, so the crazy eight is eight trades for corrections. Now, we all make errors. We see Jordan Clark get 135 in a preseason game out of just three quarters of playing, highest scorer for Geelong. The majority of the competition jumped on board. We're on the Clark train. Unfortunately, the Clark train was parked at the station. There was no coal put into the engine. It went nowhere. That's a correction. Uh, we also listen to your song, Dossie Boy. We all pick Paddy Dow 
That's a correction. Gets to the buy with less money than what we actually paid for. The reality is the quicker you correct that and you say, no, Dossie was wrong, yeah, um, the better off we all are. <laughs> William Drew was another one that, that I actually uh, made last year. So they were the only three mid-prices. And this is why forever and a day I'm a guns and rookie man. I try to avoid um, the three mid-prices. I went three last year. They were all failures. Look, I was, was going to ask quickly, can we bump that number up to about a 15 on the first of the crazy eights? Uh I might need a few more than eight there. No, so no, you can't have any more corrections, otherwise you won't be able to fix what you need to. <laughs> um, eight trades for injury suspensions and non-selection. So as much as I love the man, this is why you don't get Toby Green because he's going to take three of your eight trades straight away. Uh, of course, we can't avoid injuries. They, they actually happen, Nathan. You, you pick someone up, best midfielder in the competition, get you an eight, Mitch Duncan, uh, sorry, Nathan, for reminding you, and bang, there's another trade gone. So eight goes very, very quickly. I've never had a season where it's been perfect. I've had a season where I've avoided carnage more than anyone else, but the reality is carnage always comes, and we've had two years of absolute carnage. So I leave eight trades for that. And then a key thing here is eight trades for early downgrades. So we're talking rookie to rookie. So if you've got a full price rookie, you're paying, say, 270K. Um, you find out that, look, at the end of the day, the role is not fantastic. They're gaining a little bit of coin, but not so much. In round three comes a, a young midfielder that's 190K. He blows them away. Say, Luke... Uh, Valente from Fremantle gets yep. his chance, gets his role, burns up in the midfield. Well, an early downgrade can take you 310k from three weeks uh, rookie who's just not scoring well uh, down to Lukey Boy to help you make cash. So you make uh, an immediate ejection of 100 grand and then you're going to quickly make another 150 grand off him. Um, so that's the early downgrades before you can do your one-up, one-down model. Yeah. I also keep three trades for buy-round moves. So you get the extra trade for the buys. I, I keep them there so I can actually use them to make sure I score as much as I possibly can in the buys. So this leaves you 20 trades for a one-up, one-down, and that's a total of 10 ins. So 10 premiums. So what you want is a fully priced rookie down to bottom price rookie and then another fully uh, priced or a, um, should I say, that they've generated as much money as they can and then you actually trade up from the other rookie up to a premium that you keep. So that fits that extra 10 spots. So you start with 12 use 20 trades for your one up, one down, you've got your completed 22. That's a full 22, Stato. That is a full 22 premium. That's so, a full 22. So this is how we do it. This is what you've done in the past, and this is actually how we can do it. The crazy eight, though, that's a, that's a unique yeah, it's name. it's the though, crazy so. eight. You just you try and, and what I do, I have a spreadsheet allocating where I'm spending my trends and uh, where I'm spending my trades. 
and I look at the trends to find out whether I'm starting to make errors and what I need to correct in my ways. Is this like because on some- Microsoft Excel 1945 or something? Or Yeah, no, it come out with uh, Windows 35. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> Uh, you're you're way on you're way more on top of it than I am, and that's probably why you're uh, you're so good at your craft there. Stay. Is that is that your like is that your um, trademarked crazy eight theory? That's that's uh, well, I think special. it's Tarantino has the crazy eighty eight. That's where I've stolen <laughs> yeah. it from. But I, I will say so. Therefore, you should always select your twelve players at the start of the season that you hope to keep. So who will be in the best twenty two for the whole year? So you look at a Brody Grundy rather than a Paddy Dow. So that's well, I mean, why that's you, quite you, obvious, Stato. You, you would have yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah, but you, but you know what I mean. You're going when you're looking at your rucks. You you don't go two mid price rucks. You don't go two rookie rucks. Mm. Dos. I, I guess what, the, Dos. the thing. Yeah, Dos. The, the thing that troubles Dos. me though is you when you think about it in the preseason. Every player you think, yeah, I'm going to be keeping that guy. This guy is going to perform, but. At what point do you draw the line? We've just we're looking at our stats. The stats look pretty good. They look like they got got the role. They might get it in the Amy Community Series, like like a Jordan Clark, like we said. What's the point when you like? Wh- at what point do you draw the line if somebody's not a keeper or not? Because you could think you've got twelve keepers, and then you know your corrections are going to be way over that eight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, and that's why you just need to be smart, um, safe, so safe I- picks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's always important. I try to find value premiums. That's the way I look at it. So I look at a Lockie Whitfield for a defender. He's a value premium. Mm. Does that make sense? So I'm I'm not picking Aaron Hall because I think there's risk there and we're talking top dollar, but I'll definitely be picking Jake Lloyd and Lockie Whitfield. Yeah, gotcha. I'll be picking Aaron Hall. The, the, there are some slight risks. So, a, a Taron Thomas I'll probably look at to say, well, I reckon he's going to be around that mark of being a top six forward. Yeah. Taron Thomas. So, you just go whack. There you go. Got him. Um, I'll be definitely going Grundy. I'm even thinking you're going Grundy and Gorn, which mm-hmm. is probably against what a lot of people are thinking, but – how many trades have we wasted in the ruck, Dos? Yeah, no, nah, it's not happening Dos. this year How many trades? It's not happening for us this year, Stato. You and I both. You and I both, thank you. Don't sit on that high hill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I've been guilty of it in the past, but this is why I've got these uh, very strong models to ensure that we've got some sort of security in that group that you've actually nah, I love it. I'm going to try and I'll do my best. I might keep you up to date throughout the season how my crazy eights are going and, and see if I can actually follow that because that'll be an interesting one to, to keep track of. What's your rule number four? We've got through our three. We've got two left, Stato. What's rule number four? Yeah, it's, this is a really simple one. doesn't need a lot of explanation, but cash generation is king. Money Ooh, yeah. is everything in this game and you've got to ensure that you're always generating cash. Now, the green-red dots is part of that. Uh, your selection of, of guns and rookies is actually part of that. But actually taking the time, whether it's a, a mid-price or whether it's a rookie that's just about bloated, is taking that time to ensure that you're finding the next person that's going to generate you the next 150 grand. Because when you get to that final run home and you should have a completed team by the end of the buys, 
Uh, preferably, you've actually already got it structured just before the buys, but you're rolling out of the buys with 22 premiums on your team, and you're looking at going, well, Caleb Sarong, he's plodded along at 105. Yeah, he's a premium. Yeah, he's great. Um, but I've got 100 points to catch up to, to win a cap or catch up to win the car. Um, and you look and see that the person you're trying to catch up hasn't got Jack Steele and he's pumping along at 118, then having that extra 150 grand that you can call upon because you've spent the whole year generating cash, that's when you go Caleb Sarong to Jack Steele, 15 more points a game, nine more rounds to go, whammo, car. And this kind of this kind of um, setup is probably going to be easier for us this year even to get those rookies that are high in job security to generate the cash given we've seen you know uh nathan from hat chat selby like people out there have done the math already that are the mathematical minds and the rookies this year given the salary cap jump have actually scaled slightly down compared to the rest everyone else scaled super high up and that that's how the salary cap kind of worked and then the rookies the higher priced rookies have sort of only scaled at a smaller smaller scale meaning they're going to be better value for us this year as well as high priced rookies that actually have job security is is paying up for rookies going to be something you're going to be looking at statesman or i'm interested to see with cash generation are you you one that typically goes a lot of the well we're at 190k now are you typically a person that's going to be looking for the 190 guys as many of those as you can or are you just willing to pay up when it comes to a good job security rook i look at the end of the day it's it's all about how well they can score so there's no point um getting a, a a player that's a number two draft pick uh, absolutely going to be a superb player, but he's not going to be a superb player until five years. Um, I'll, I'll invest whatever amount of cash for a rookie if they're going to be putting the score on the board and making you the bank. And that's what it boils down to. Now, Dacos and Horn Francis look like the two that are going to actually generate you some money. Maybe Josh Ward does the same thing. So maybe those guys are worth paying up the cash. But I'll always err on the um, uh, the cash generation model because you've got someone that's only 190, so we're talking, you know, an extra 80 grand less that could score as much or higher. Mm. I'll definitely go them. All right. Uh, and let's rule out this uh, – let's round out this uh, bunch of rules here, Stato, with your rule number five. Mate, I've said this to you many times before. It's all about buy structure planning. Some say don't worry about it until you get a few rounds out from the from the buys. Stato don't. Stato plans from the start. Even part of my premium selection, when I'm talking about my 12, I'm getting a mixture between the buys. I'm not hard, so I don't need to get the structure 100%, but I need to have a model to know what I'm working with. So... What I want to do is have the ability to react. So an Aaron Hall um, comes to life round five, round six last year. I want the ability to jump and grab Aaron Hall without exposing myself um, to have 15 players in the first buy round. I want to have the ability to say, oh, he's only putting me out by one because I can fix that with a rookie somewhere along the line. But if you've got this big explosion... 
um, of amount of buyer players. That's when you burn. So to me is up to the buys is setting up. You want to be in a competitive position. You're setting up and you're concentrating for the run home. So you're trying to finish your squad. I hit the buyers going, this is where I'm going to make between six and 800 points and every other player in the competition because I'm so well structured for the buys. And then if I've got that completed team, I'm just on the march and off I go. Yeah, i got to say it's something that I definitely haven't um, ever focused on uh, pre-season and now that I've got your crazy eight system, it kind of makes much more sense to me why you like to plan earlier and get that in check so that you don't have, like, you know, so you're not breaking these rules. Um, Sato, Sato's absolutely coughing his guts up here. Sorry, mate. Um, I, I, I drank some water and went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> no good, mate. Um, hope you're all right, Sato, uh, coughing at your own rules there. Um, mm. But, yeah, that's something that I just – think I'll, I'll focus on this year and getting those getting that buy structure right nice and early uh, i think things will be thrown all around the place this year with um you know with what's the structure i'm after dossie let's see how well you've listened over the years what's the buy structure i'm after oh you said it to me last year <laughs> this is my memory in, in test um nah I've, it's gone it's five it's no it's <laughs> eight ten twelve that was it that was what i was gonna say so yeah. eight in so the first buy. Eight buy, yeah. Eight players that have buy round number twelve, uh, ten players that have buy round thirteen, and twelve players that have buy fourteen. So that means uh, I use my trades to get to that point right at the start of round twelve. Then I use um, uh, three trades to get to uh, eight for the second round and down to 11 for the next and use the three to get to eight. So what I'm actually saying is I'm getting 22 players playing each and every round of the buys, which is more than most people. This is why I've been, for the whole season, been managing my green dots. Love it, Stato. Let's recap the rules. We had 30 green dots was rule number one. Rule fucking one. Number two was balance, and you've got three, five, one, three for your 12 premiums. That's what you want in there. You've got the crazy eight, 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 eight trade rule that Stato's brought to the table. Number four is cash Jennings king, and then number five, plan for your buyers. That is Stato's five tips for fantasy classic coaches or the statesman's five rules. Now, we're going to round out this show, Stato, with a couple of pods. I just wanted to quickly go through from we're going to do a couple each week. Um, during the preseason, so I want to go through my Adelaide and Brisbane ones just to start with. I'm going to give you a a bargainy type one and then a premium one, and I know you'll probably not like the bargain ones, but we will get to these. So these guys are all point of differences. I've, I've gone pretty. I think these ones are all like under five percent, just about. So you love this data. First one from Adelaide. I've got is a man that uh, a man from the keeper league is quite on board. This guy. A uh, bit expensive for my taste, but he is a point of difference. Showy. And he's a guy with- Showy. Yeah, he's got like a lot of upside. So, 69 average, $582,000. Midfielder only, which really hinders his case of being selected. 84 in his last three. And he was a guy that went straight into the center bounces late in the year. Started really getting some. Uh, the thing is, he actually scored- When he went into the center bounces, his time on ground wasn't- 
crazy as well. Like, he's still got a lot of upside there. So, let's look at his last few rounds. He went 83, 113, 96, 70, 90, a 55 in there, but that was from 62% time on ground, and then a 108 to finish off the year. So, this is a guy with huge upside, and um, if he gets some more time on ground, so if he gets... If he's looking fit in these uh, preseason photos, Stato, might get me uh, tempted. But 580K, you know, it's a bit bit awkward, isn't it, Stato? You're not interested in that sort of a play. Would you keep him? Would you start the season and say, I'm keeping him for the whole season? It's a point of difference. I'm not. This is definitely not one that I'd be going for. I'm just I'm just going to give one from a, a couple from each team. But I, I love the point upside. And, you know, for drafts, uh, I'm very keen. Yeah, it's just that risk He's that you were talking player. about. The risk. Yeah. And I'm trying to avoid these type of this – is, this is a dossier of 2021. This wow. is 2022 dossier. He's a different man. Um, all right. So, my other player – and this is a pretty easy one. I didn't want to go – too off board with this. This is just another play with a lot of points upside and I don't like watching him play um, and I had him in my team late last year. It wasn't pretty, but he gets the job done. Riley O'Brien in your ruck department, 3.36% um, owned at the moment. So, he's at $723,000. I think there's a bit too much value if you're looking at someone like a Pruce or if you're obviously going what we've suggested, Statesman, probably set and forget for me is, is the way this year. But Riley O'Brien sort of fits that mould. 103 in his last three of the season. And he was he was really average for a lot of last year. I think he was hampered by injuries. You got the fitness guru coming in. He's, he's underpriced, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Um, but have you ever watched him play? I know. It's it's not pretty. And it, Can and you own him? That, no. That, I... I don't want to go there again. I'm providing him as an option again. I don't, <laughs> as an owner last year, I don't think I could put myself through that again, especially when he's got Freo, Collingwood, Port over the first three. I don't think that's a great, you know, you've got three quality Ruckman there to come up against. I mean, <sighs> there is a world that he's in the top three Ruck. Mm, definitely. Well, he's been there, you know, he's been there in the past or close but to it. is he in the best 22 you can put together? And the answer is probably no. Mm. Oh, well, it was an it was an interesting uh, selection, statesman. This is another player. I'm picking, as you can see. There's a lot of players that I'm going to go for. I do want to go for some premiums that don't, you know, necessarily have. It's more of a gut feel, but they, these are all based on stats that I've, I'm bringing up today for sure. And this is Zach Bailey. I'm talking about from Brisbane. We're moving on to there. Three point eight eight percent owned. A mid forward. His average sort of surprised me. Seventy two point seven Stato for his average last year. So he's only six hundred and ten thousand. 87 in his last three, has those centre bounce attendances. Like, he averaged about 30% for the year or something like that. Pretty impressive. And and he's got some nice matchups. Essendon and North in his first – two of his first three. Um, Collingwood Gold Coast as well in his first six. So, he's got a nice little schedule early as well. Probably a player that I see just playing too much forward for me to get too excited about. Yeah, look, he's a, he's a really interesting player, to be honest. Um, I, I look at him – and say he is probably one of the top two or three classiest players at his club, and he's yep. got such big upside. My problem is that midfield is so powerful right now. So post-Lions yep. career, um, potentially post-Robbo career, and, and potentially Neil's career, I can just see him being one of the main guys in this. So there's... There is a time where he explodes 
in fantasy scoring-wise. Um, the one thing I dislike about him a little bit is he's so clever around goals, which oh, yeah. makes me think that where does the coach get – you can probably get another midfielder that can, you know, play that sort of task, that role, but how many can you find that is that smart around goals? And look, Stato, I think you'll like this. My my comparison for him, and I'm actually going to be going and talking a bit about him because we're doing Brisbane on the Cape League um, tonight, but he he's a guy I compare to Toby Green in that sense. I think he's so crafty and so good around goals. How do you take him away from there when you've got, like you're saying, the depth that Brisbane have? So, yeah, he's, I, I think he's he'll got be stuck one, in front of goals for a lot of his career. Yeah, he's got one flaw against Toby Green, to be honest. Um, so he, he doesn't have the aerial. Well, no, he doesn't have the kicking the head ability. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All the, yeah, a lot of different things on the temper front. For sure. yeah. uh, my my premium that I'm going to go with as a point of difference from Brisbane, you know him, you love him. I couldn't go beyond Huey McCluggage. Um, already reports coming out, Stato, that he's taken his uh, training up a gear. He's like running with bloody Harry Sharp, keeping up with him at training. He's yeah. he's gone to the next level and, and Chris Fagan's come out and said that. He only averaged the 100 flat last year. I, I definitely see him as a bigger scorer and you saw that and his junior numbers were massive. The, the Lions midfield is stacked. I just think he's got some upside if he actually moves from less of a wing role and more of an inside role. So, he's a guy, if I see him going into centre bounces, you know, that's, that's a guy that I'd be tempted. But- um. I don't think I can. 839K, that's more of a gut feel. And I'm not going to do that this year, Statesman. not going to be doing that. Yeah, when, anyway, when you, when you can like, get Lockie Neal for cheaper, um, that's Yeah, this is a point I'll of go. difference, though. This is a point of difference. <laughs> yeah, well, Lockie Neal might be a point of difference. What do you mean? He's 50% owned. Is he really? Okay. Oh, he's very highly owned. Yeah, okay. hang on. He is, I can give you the exact stat, he's 35% owned. Yeah, and so he should Including, be. I might say, I'm pretty sure he's in my team at the moment. <laughs> yeah, so. fair enough. <laughs> anyway, there you go. That That's my pod pod. They are my point of difference podcast, point of differences, the pod pod pods. I'm going to be giving you, um, we'll get one couple for each team as we go. But Stato, that's the, uh, the new pod pod. Um, end of the first episode and I'll just be quickly saying that the new pod pod's going to be coming to you in two parts so our entire slate of pre-season shows Stato is going to be available on our usual podcast feed on Spotify, Apple, Google Pods or wherever you get your podcast our in-season content's going to be available exclusively for silver and gold members of the Keeper League so um, a silver and a gold member silver or gold membership sorry gives you access to our weekly in-season pod pod. That's you and I having talking shit. We'll probably do a lot of a Q&A type ones, I think, Stato, throughout the season, really, um, you know, getting those questions in and answering them. Um, but also stacks of premium resources you also get from the Keeper League website. So you get advanced center bounce attendance numbers, which I'm always using, state league fantasy scores to check who's going to be the next guy coming in, draft D fantasy analysis guides for your preseason kick-ins, projections and more. So, Stato, there's a lot there. But um, we're excited to be working together again for season 2022. Absolutely. And we'll make sure we keep as much fire as possible. Hopefully just a little less fire alarmish. <laughs> Spitting too much fire there, Stato. I'm looking forward to more next week. We're going to be talking defenders and our defensive line in AFL Fantasy Classic. We'll see you there.